0: Looney Larry? Yeah, he scares me. Volkswagen North Scottsdale employees are worried about their new general manager, Larry. He called NASA to see if they could build an engine that runs on customer satisfaction. That's not normal. Until August 31st, 2018, get a new 2019 Jetta S automatic for a stupid 16595 Available only from VW North Scottsdale. Must finance with dealer to qualify and cannot be combined with any other offers. Voices. He hears voices. VW North Scottsdale, your dog-friendly dealership. Get a leash on life. Scottsdale Road and the 101 and VWNorthScottsdale.com.
1: Welcome to the outhouse. Did you always realize you were gay? Getting... No, I just said I had great pictures.
2: when did you actually come out? How are you yes,
1: not a mess? Well,
2: <laughs> no. no, I got better.
1: Did you ever yell at your beans? Sorry, <laughs> going bad. Oh, <laughs> wow. uh, Stephen, did you listen to that episode? I didn't listen to time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> was, this is really getting rusty. Did you have an exam?
2: No. No, and I'm sure. I'll it today. And this is the outhouse. <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're going to ask me to say. The nature of our podcast deals with sexuality in some uncomfortable situations. We think this makes the stories authentic, personal, and relatable. With that said, thank you, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the OutHouse. I'm your host, Matt, and uh, it's been a month or so. I don't even know how long it's been. You know, let's just... Let's cut the the BS. It's been three minutes since our last interview. (laughs) But we got an interesting uh, break in the season, so uh, this will be great. All right, uh, so I'm in the room with Chris and Daniel, a.k.a. uh, Chris is Maya, Maya McKenzie. They are Mr. and Miss Phoenix Pride 2018. All right, so uh, last time we had Maya's story, and that was an awesome story. But um, somebody may not have heard that episode yet, so let's just cover a little ground that we covered previously. When when did you guys get anointed? What is it? A, a coronation, an anointment? How was uh, that? Crown. No, we are crowned. Crown? Yeah, okay. were crowned. Crowned? Yeah, crowning. When did that happen? March. March 18th. Okay. So just that's not too far. Yeah, about three months ago. And it's been a whirlwind ever since. Yes, absolutely, without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> Good time to phone. Oh my God, so Something's much fun been, so far. It's been amazing, absolutely. Okay, so last time we covered that you guys are friends and um, you're both performers now. Yeah. Although Maya, you've been doing this for years, yeah. right? Correct. And Daniel, you want to go by Daniel or Carrington in this episode?
3: Uh, we can still keep it Daniel. I okay. Mean, it doesn't matter. All right. Yeah. Carrington hasn't fully been developed. Not yet. yet. No, only since the November, so okay. I'm more comfortable. Well, I don't know. You don't know? I think right. I'm more comfortable when people call me Daniel because I know that's it. Like when somebody calls me Carrington, I'm still, it's still kind of like, who?
1: You're like, what? Oh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then I guess let's uh, maybe just get right right into your story. Yeah. So just so the listener knows, we're still in the Phoenix Pride office, so there's a little bit of noise and echo, but uh, we'll just get right into the story, and nobody will care. Nobody cares. It's a podcast. And at some point, Eva will come back in the room and say three words, and uh, that's (laughs) (laughs) a cameo. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed a photo. Wow, look at you. (laughs) So... About how tall are you?
2: I'm six foot out of drag.
1: Out of drag, and I, I'm pretty sure you're seven and a half with this photo. <laughs> you got heels and a gown, <laughs> and this crown is to the roof. Yes. Did they have to like raise the background for you?
2: No. To get all of you in <laughs> No, luckily not.
1: <laughs> that sounded horrible to me. I'm sorry. You're a very svelte, uh, beautiful woman in this photo. Thank you. And Carrington. Yes. Very debonair. Thank you. What is this? What would you call this thing? Like? It's a medallion. It's a medallion. It's yeah.
3: Kind of a really it's supposed to be medallion. worn around your neck, but of course, I don't. Do things traditionally, so I just wore it as a brooch, <laughs> kind of like as a pin. Um, but since then, I've gotten a, um, a actual necklace kind of for it, so I'll probably wear it more often. But so it's like a flavor flag. Yeah,
2: yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tells the time, so it's nice. Yeah, Does it? <laughs> yeah. it's a sundial. It's like quotes. a sundial, yeah. <laughs> so being Phoenix Pride,
1: is there um, is there like a, a loose definition of Mister? I'm doing air quotes. Um, I mean, it, you're clearly in the guy realm, but... Um,
3: it can be somebody that... It, it can be anybody that, that, you know, calls themselves Identifies. Male, that as identifies as male. as male. So it can be um, a trans person. It can be somebody that's biologically male. How um,
1: about a male impersonating... Yeah, hi, drag a, drag a drag, drag king. A drag king,
3: yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. And I mean, also, we've, had, we've had that. So, yeah,
1: all-inclusive. It's all-inclusive? Yeah. Like a cruise. Could be very sad to cruise. That was stupid. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> that was Eva. Everybody, you remember her from like six weeks ago? <laughs> 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 Just to kind of recap, you were really kind of um gently nudged into reform. yes, gently as. An understatement. understand understatement. I, l- I stuck my foot yeah. back and pushed and said, "You're doing it. You're doing it." So yeah. you did express an interest, and that was your downfall. I did. Because-
3: have, I did express an interest, but I didn't put a time on that. Expression of interest. So, had I said maybe in 10 years I'd like to do this, but I did didn't. You
1: verbalize it? No, you didn't.
3: No, didn't. I didn't verbalize in time of what I wanted to do. I just said this is something I would like to do in the future. And the future was a year later, I guess.
1: So, what I like to expose is what we've learned through this episode is that Maya is an enabler. She is. Absolutely. Okay. Know that, folks. You are welcome. Oh. <laughs> How did you approach being Mr.? Phoenix Pride or going for because you didn't get it right away so you said I'm going to go for it let me get it
3: well I always knew I wanted to do something to give back to the community I just Mm -hmm. never really kind of knew in what fashion I wanted to do it but I always knew that the Pride Miss and Mister raised money for the scholarship fund and I'm a huge um, proponent for education in any kind of way that being with the fundraising aspect of it the fundraising for scholarship um, I thought well why not Phoenix Pride, why not, um, you know, Mr. Phoenix Pride? And since they allowed biological men to compete for this title, and there have been the two previous have been, so um, I thought, well, why not, you know, why not try now? Um, and I knew Maya had expressed interest in doing it, and so I thought, well, why not do it with somebody that. I respect and admire and I've known for such a long time. So it would be a great chance for us to reign together, for us to have our vision, our goals together. So that's kind of how that journey kind of led up to it. And then we just went full force into it.
1: Were you ever nervous that, you know, maybe somebody else would get it and- Oh God, yes. Like oh, I was there. nervous, too. Yeah, I think... It's like, y'all came to prom together, but... Right, yeah. I mean, you you know, together, this well. is
3: my first time ever competing. This Well, Mr. Phoenix Pride was my second competition, like, pageant, if you will. And so there were, I think, all of the contestants, but myself and maybe one other, had competed prior. And then there were a couple that had competed several years. So, um, of course, I was nervous about, you know, was I able, was I going to be able to pull it off? But I knew that I had done all my research I knew I had what I was bringing to that pageant was good enough to win and so I thought you know I'm gonna let the chips fall where they may and they crowned me first you know I was kind of nervous after I was kind of like all right you know is next but uh, ultimately we work both did it yeah it worked out for both of us so yeah is that photo
1: making you nervous
3: no No. why would it make me nervous I don't know I love it actually I like looking at it because I think it's like I think it's a sickening photo
2: I love it it's stuck we do have a new one coming out yeah that's even that much (laughs) plugging in something when Daniel was saying that um, he kind of expressed interest but didn't really know when or when the right time was kind of happened with me last year so I knew when he qualified and kind of having that that ambition behind him I knew that he was going to do amazing Honest, did you uh, give him some encouragement? No, no, I don't think so. It was, it was like, did you try to trip him? I knew that I knew that he (laughs) had been talking a lot with Christopher, and Christopher and I had a great working relationship that you know he trusted me to. You know, encourage my girls, and I trusted him to
1: encourage his guys, and they had a great pageant. It really was. It was a good pageant. Do Mr. and Mrs. usually have a good relationship? Like a good working relationship?
3: I would hope so. I don't know about any of the previous,
2: but I think it seems like they all do. Yeah, I mean, they kind of have their. They definitely have their bonds, you know, and you still see them. Barbara and Eddie, you know, are always attached at the hip. DJ and Trixie are always attached at the hip. Gracia and Jensen, Jensen were together a lot when we were around. Um, Christopher and I will have a bond forever. They've had a bond way before this, and this is just another chair to add on top of that. Mm-hmm.
1: So you you mentioned community. Other than the scholarship, can you kind of give us a little gist of what Phoenix Fry does? beyond the festivals, beyond the scholarships.
3: I think those are the main things that Phoenix Pride does, but they also do some of the, like the community grants um, that they give to organizations such as the Imperial Court. Um, I believe one in 10 is getting one as well. Uh, so they give away money to other organizations as, as well as the Phoenix Pride Scholarship fund. And it's kind of and it's just one of the places that people can come to to get information about other organizations such as one in ten <laughs> such as Southwest Center. In my opinion, And Phoenix Pride is like a hub of information that then can trickle down to other organizations and can point people into the directions of where they need to go. So somebody that's newly out, of course, they're going to know that there's a pride organization. That may be someplace they go first to say, hey, where can I get, um, you know, HIV testing? Where can I go? You know, my son is um, 12 and wants to be a part of a group and they can go to one in 10. You know, so I think that's how I kind of look at Phoenix Pride as kind of the central hub for a lot of our lgbtq organizations in the valley okay
2: with the help of maya and daniel at carrington we are able to do 41,000 in scholarships which is the most that the organization has ever given in its history fantastic and we are giving 65,000 dollars in community grants and those are going back to organizations that affecting or you know directly affect the arizona and phoenix lgbtq community so one in ten is receiving it uh, Southwest Center is receiving one, Ignite Your Status is receiving one, uh, Phoenix Gamers are receiving one, so Imperial The outhouse so. is not receiving one, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't apply. I uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> know here. All
1: right, so getting back to Daniel. Yeah, no. So about how old were you when you realized you were gay?
3: probably about the same age as Maya, probably about five. Um, I kind of knew that I was, like, different. And I have an older sister, um, and instead of going outside to play, like, you know baseball or whatever we we're always inside playing like with barbies and with like my little ponies and stuff so it was always like that stuff always interested me a little bit more than you know going outside and playing with gi joe or whatnot um, i had like a he-man collection but i was more enthralled with like she-ra and the evil evil then um, i was more kind of based on them than i was kind of on he-man Although I thought I liked T-Man oh, because right, of his right. muscles, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, at an early age, I knew I was different.
1: Um, did that manifest itself anywhere? Or how did how did you go from... Like with Maya's story, you knew different, but you didn't know gay yet. Is that... Um, how was it in your yeah,
3: family Actually, family? I kind of did know because my mom was a hairdresser. So okay. she worked at a salon and one of her coworkers was gay. And so I remember going to her salon and just you know like well she had a couple clients or whatever that she was cutting their hair and me and my sister would be sitting in the lobby you know just kind of doing our own thing and i remember looking at him and you know kind of like his mannerisms and his like he was a little bit more flamboyant than like some of the other guys that I had been around so i kind of like knew that you know that kind of was my at that age was what i what i kind of recognized as I didn't know the word gay, but as something different than some of the other like machismo men that was in, were in my you know Hispanic family. So kind of that's kind of how I associated gay, if you will. That I really didn't know the word, but
1: was there any uh, negative stereotype? in um, your family
3: about that no i mean my mom and him were really close and I like, for the life of me can't remember his name but um when my do- when my sister was born um, he went to the hospital and like held her um, i don't know that he was there when i was born but like him and my mom were really close we're but then when the i family. right so when i was born um a couple years after she stopped working to take care of us but i kind of always remember him being in some kind of fashion um there so kind of that was always my I mean, I knew he was different. Did he become the Uncle Eric? No, actually, I don't. Re- I think after my mom stopped working and um, taking care of us, we hardly ever saw him. So I don't know. I really don't know what kind of became of him. You know, okay. I hope that he's still around. I just, I don't, I don't even remember his name, but I remember his face and I remember his like mannerisms. And he always wore bright colors. And, um, you know, he always joked around with the women. And it was just, you know, I, I kind of always have that in the back of my head.
1: Okay. Let's progress that a little about when was it so you said about five but about what time um 1992 maybe okay i'm just kidding
3: <laughs> <laughs> um no i was uh 85 yeah so okay yeah in the 80s all
1: right so 80s those who were around for the 80s remember the 80s right okay okay i know what the time is but how long until you verbalized it
3: oh god it was a long time so like 2 weeks no like years yeah. so i was i was safely over 21 before i well, came so out like to my to my parents my, so my dad was a political was in political office for a total of 32 years and he was the mayor of a of a small town in southern Arizona. He was on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. So he was very much um in the limelight of like southern Arizona and Tucson that's where we grew up in Tucson. I I I always knew I was gay. I always knew it and when I finally figured out what gay was, I knew that's who I was. But it was always hard for me because I never wanted people to use that against my dad and what he did political, you know, in his political life, because he was very much an advocate for underprivileged people. Um, We lived in an underprivileged area. Um, He always wanted to make our areas and his district and stuff better. So I always had a fear of um, if people did find out that they would use that against him. Because back then, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, there really wasn't a lot of Gay, like we have now in, you know, mainstream media. So a lot of people always thought, you know, gay people are pedophiles. Gay people are, you know, they want to dress like women. They want to do this. And so, you know, I never wanted that for him. And I never wanted that to affect the good that he was trying to do. So I always try to, you know, I always try to have a girlfriend or, or, um, you know, do things like that. So that's probably why I came out so late, because by the time I did come out to my parents, um, my dad had already retired. So it really wouldn't have affected him. So I think that was, in my in my head, the, always one of the reasons why I never wanted to come out. And again, obviously, like everybody else does, I never knew how they would react. So it was always, I never knew how they reacted. I grew up in a Hispanic family. And, you know, so they're very much, you know, men's men. You know, they didn't, you know, a lot of them, you know, a lot of my uncles, you know, being in things would always say, oh, don't be a sissy or don't be a, you know, there was, a, this one, there was always one that always said things. Things like that. So it was just like, okay, I don't want to be that sissy. I don't want to be that. Um, you know, I want my uncles to respect me. I want to do this. So it was always those were the catches of why he never came out and why I did so late.
1: So I apologize. I didn't mean to indicate that you came out late. Um, oh, I did. I, I
3: always, think I mean I'm obviously I'm not somebody that came out at like 13 or or even well, 17 like you know. But I want people to think
1: they, they they come out on their own time. They're yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to say. Oh yeah, no, I didn't no take offense to There's no right for time for it. There's no wrong time for it. Right. right. Well, maybe there's a wrong time to get it. Sorry. Um, so small town. Yeah, I mean Tucson. Like everybody knew your business. Like,
3: they, like they, Tucson is smaller than Phoenix, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, I mean. Like, oh, okay. Tucson, I
1: thought you said he was a mayor of a small
3: town. Of a small town. town. It's called South Tucson. South Tucson is okay. in basically in. It's a quarter square mile.
1: Town. it's like to phoenix yeah
3: but yes yes um so he was the mayor of there and then he was on the Pima county board of supervisors so that's a little bit larger yeah that's pretty good yeah so um so yeah so it you know but everybody did know our business i mean everybody knew my dad's business everybody knew um yeah you know we went to we went to private school my sister and i but you know the teachers in high school knew that my dad was you a know, political official, so they always kind of, you know, we couldn't get in trouble or we always had to, you know, sneak around and do things They're because we didn't sure want to get watching. caught. So, you know, it was always in that kind of, we had that extra pressure along with me knowing that I was gay. Well, uh, so siblings? just the one. Sister, I just have one sister. Uh-huh. Younger She's or older? Older, so I'm the baby as well. Okay.
1: Huh. Yeah. Okay. So you're now, you came out when you were 18, you said? No, I was no, 21. 20,
3: 21, huh? Any dating in between? Oh, my, so... Yes so I was 19 when I first met my first boyfriend um, I moved out of the house when I was 18 so I graduated from college I graduated from the um, high school I went to the University of Arizona that first semester I joined a fraternity um, they had space in the house for me to move into and I knew I want I've, I've always been independent so I knew I wanted to move out of the house partly because who doesn't at the age of 18 and partly because I was, You know I knew I was gay and I wanted to experience things and I didn't want you know that because my parents and my dad were very strict they were very um sheltering of us so I knew I wanted like out um so I so I moved out when I was 18 and um, I met my first my first boyfriend when I was just shy of 19 um so I'd been with somebody for about two years before I came out. And were they out? They were out. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was out. Um, he was uh, significantly older than I was, so um, yeah. So he had time, yeah, to be out. But um, and a part of the reason why I came out is because we had just broken up, and I was devastated. I was like heartbroken. Obviously, I was 21. I'd just been, you know, I'd been with somebody since I was eight 19. I lived out of the house, but I had, go- I'd come back home. I would always come back home, you know, like during the day or at night or whatever. And so my sister was there, and she could realize why I was upset. She did, or she didn't know either. And so she was like, you know, why are you upset? Like, what's the matter? Are you like, you you've been, it looks like you've been crying. You know, you haven't been, you know, communicating with us that well, and blah blah. blah. And so I came out to her. Um, she was the second person I came out to. I'd come out to my roommate who I lived with Um, because at that time I had I I lived in the house for a year um, and then I moved out so I came out to my sister and I said you know I'm gay and she knew she started crying and I said you know I just broke up with my boyfriend and she got mad because I didn't tell her I had a boyfriend for two years and she's and I'm like this is why I've been so upset for you know a lot lately is because we just broke up and blah 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 and at that time you know it's the end of the world and so I'm like I don't know what to do and she's like well I think you need to tell mom and dad and I'm like well I'm nervous because what happens if, you know, they get mad and they don't want, you know, they're not accepting of it. She called my roommate then at the time. Her name was Rachel. I'd gone to school with Rachel since I was in kindergarten. So we were very, very close. Um, My sister called Rachel and said, you know, Daniel's going to tell my parents. So if something happens, you know, you need to um, be prepared. Um, You know, he's going to need all his friends and, you know, his friends and support and blah, blah, blah. And so my parents were—I don't remember where they were at. My sister called my, pa- my dad and was like, "You know, where are you guys at?" And they're like, "Oh, we're—you we, know—we're on our way home or whatever." And so my sister's like, my sister's very much like Maya, an enabler and kind of very bossy <laughs> and pushy and very like, you have to do it. Like, don't wait. You have to do it.
1: So can we back up? From yeah. That? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So your sister's first advice um, upon you telling that you you're gay and you just broke up is that you need to tell your mom and dad.
3: Yeah. Because she knew that, I mean, my, my sister, obviously she didn't care. Um, she knew, <laughs> I think, I think in the back of people's minds, everybody knows, right? My sister knew. She's like – she said, I always knew you were gay. She's like, but I just was waiting for you to tell me. Um, Which is nice. But so but she was like – because I think she thought that my mom and dad would be supportive and would be um, nurturing and loving. And so help they would help me through this breakup, right, that I was going through. Um, and because she knew that I was – she knew that I had been living this – lie or this you know this faux thing for such a long time and so she was like do it now because if you you know if you wait forever you're still going to have this on your shoulder so you either now you know now that they're going to be accepting or now that they're not going to be but you still get to move on with your life so you know she that's kind of how she came about with it instead of it just being like you have to tell them so they came home i was in the in our living room at the time, you know. They could tell that I was crying. I sat them down and I said, you know, I really need to tell you guys something. You know, I told Jennifer, who's my sister, and um, I just need to tell you guys that I'm gay. Literally, like, probably the scariest thing that I've ever done. And I always thought my mom would take it better than my dad for some reason. And it was kind of the opposite. My dad... I was crying. My mom was crying. My sister was crying. My dad got up and sat next to me on the couch and he hugged me and he said, you know, you're always going to be my son. I will always love you. Um, and this changes nothing. Um, the first thing that my mom said was, um, are you going to be one of those people that are going to dress in women's clothing? And of course, I said no. Um, and then she's like, OK, well, let's go have dinner. And so we all got up and went to have dinner. Just um, okay you know yeah that's good and so um, <laughs> so that was kind of the coming out story they didn't meet so I got back with my with my boyfriend probably about two months later we ended up being together for seven years um, she met him maybe a handful of times they came over for um, Thanksgiving one year but how much older is he? He was 13 years older than I was. 13, yeah. How did your
1: parents take that?
3: Well, I don't know that they knew the age difference. Um, well, they knew older, though, right? They knew he was older, but I don't think they knew 13 years older. Um, to hide 13. And he didn't, I mean, yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, they, the gays like a lot of good, like, skincare products. And, you know, so, I mean, looking I'm back, sure. I think he probably, I mean, they probably did know that he was significantly older. But.
1: It is, what it is. Yeah, it is what it is now. We'll get back to the the living room in your mom and your dad. Okay. Um, but it's very. It reminds me a lot of one of our previous guests, Robert, AKA Masquerade. All right. Um, it, it, one of the best, most endearing stories about a father-son coming out. I mean, I sat there and I was crying. To juxtapose the mother's version, she she hit him. She went after him. All oh, right, like full on. And I thought that's where this was going.
3: No, and I don't and I don't want to. I don't want to. um, I don't want the listeners or anybody to think that my mom was um, upset about it. That she was. T- that she didn't accept it because she did. Um like right away she right away. I mean that yes, that that was the first thing she asked, but she never she always just wanted me to be happy. And later my mother passed away in two thousand ten and my sister later told me that my mom the biggest thing with my mom is that she was fearful. Mm -hmm. She didn't want she didn't want her son to be, you know I was bullied when I was in school. She didn't want, you know, bad things to happen. Um, You know, of course, on the news you always see about, you know, the people getting beaten up as they're leaving a club or, um, you know, it was, that was still kind of, you know, the HIV and AIDS were still kind of, you know, we didn't have PrEP. We didn't have, you know, in Tucson, I didn't really know where to go to get, you know, information on things. And so I'm sure that in the back of her head, she was like, you know, she didn't want him. She didn't want me to get um, some kind of, you know, hate ra- or hate crime or, you know, she just didn't want her son to be different or known to see as different. She wanted just me to be happy. And so I think that was where she came from. And later, my, my sister told me that that's kind of what she expressed to my sister sister i am so um sad that she's not gotten to see all the good that i've done Mm -hmm. um you know she died you know in 2010 and that was kind of a few years before i started promoting or a few years after i started promoting the pageants and starting to get into like more of the community i just wish she could see that um because i think her um her um she was very big, and I apologize. I still get emotional talking about my mother, but she was very much in the community, and she was very much to help people, and that's kind of how I want to go, and that's what I've tried to focus my life on. So um, moving on from that.
1: No, well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, That is awesome. Uh, I hate <laughs> Don't. Yeah, no.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I still get, um... I still get that way when I talk about her. But, yeah, so that
1: was my kind mm-hmm. of coming out story, I guess, a little bit. Just to touch on that with, with your mom. So your dad was in public service, and it seems like your mom was as well.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. and she wasn't, like, an elected to anything, but she, like, you know, she was on the board of, um, you know, the League of Mexican-American Women. She was on the board of um, Catholic Community Services down in, um, she was on the board of a thing called Rio Nuevo, which was this revitalization of Tucson. So she was very... Um, in her kind of own element that way. And she always gave back to everybody. And I think she was more that than my dad in a different way. Um, but yeah, they both were um, huge in their community. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where my sister and I got it from.
1: Your dad's still living?
3: My dad's still alive, yes. So oh. my dad um, is 100% um, supportive of everything that I do. Um, I am now, I've now I'm with my, I've been with my husband. Um, it's actually our anniversary tomorrow, our five year anniversary. So um, he went to New York and um, he went to New York with my sister and my brother-in-law when we got married. Um, he's been, you know, he absolutely adores and respects um, our relationship. So yeah, my dad's great. Um, And so is my sister and my brother-in-law and my niece. And they were all at the pageant. Uh, My niece was front row and center when I was doing my talent. Yeah, so they're great. My family's great. Uh, Yeah.
1: So let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. You guys went to dinner? Yeah, we just had dinner at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had dinner at home. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. And then how was... uh, So it seemed like it was really, like, a a good coming out. So it was yeah for your sister to... Yeah, I think,
3: you know, I, I think that was her way of saying, okay, you need to just kind of get this over with. You've been living with this for so long. Yeah, but, you know, like, my mom never... So that was... You know I turned twenty one in 2001 you know she died in 2010 so there was like nine years and she really never asked me a lot about it. Um, she would ask my sister, um, I don't know that she maybe not she maybe didn't know how to vocalize it with her with like with her son or whatnot but you know she knew I was happy she knew I was you know doing my thing she knew you know she never wants
1: you know. well you kind of had closed off communication when they didn't know. And so the right. communication just kind of come back to normal? Yeah, it did. Was a little bit better? I mean, I know she probably didn't ask about, you know, sex life and all that. No, but, no, no. Uh, but communication was
3: better. Oh, yeah, communication yeah. was great. I mean, we even had great communication prior to it. But she just, I think both my parents wanted just for me to be happy and for me to, like, live the life that I wanted to live. And so as long as I was happy, they were happy. Gotcha. Yeah, so.
1: Okay yeah Any, anything you want to add Maya, to his story anything that because you probably have heard this story before right she knew that my ex the one
3: i was with for seven years so mm-hmm. yeah from the 13 years into, so. you
2: sure. know i will say i will say <laughs> that um he when they were together um he didn't look as haggard as he does now <laughs> what a beautiful way to put that thank yeah. <laughs> you well I do do poetry on the side (laughs) Um,
1: so now that you're past that could you imagine and it's a loaded question I know could you imagine being involved even today? no I mean not
3: with what I do I mean not with what I've been done I mean (laughs) you know I, when I decided to run for this and when we, we, you know, we've been doing this, like the first person that I, the the person that I run a lot of these things through is through my
2: sister. Mm
3: -hmm. Even my dad has been giving me ideas about fundraising things because my dad is huge and like all that stuff. We, we have a scholarship under my mom's name and we do an annual dinner every year. We've done a golf tournament. So like, he has so many great ideas and he's like, I'll say, dad, what about this? And he's like, well, no, maybe you want to think about doing it this way. And my sister the same way. So like, God, I could imagine not having them as sounding boards for something as big as this right or any part of my life i couldn't imagine them not being there when we you know when nick and i got married i couldn't imagine them or nick not being able to go to um you know thanksgiving christmas um the way i see him with my niece like i couldn't imagine that not having that connection or being um not able to share that yeah. So
1: what I'm what I'm hearing and I want our listener to know is even you went through that point, but now the whole family is stronger. Oh, God, yeah. It, it may be a little bit different, but it's still a
3: family. Yeah, we're like our own modern family. I, that's how I call it. You know, I think we're, you know, yeah. So, yes, we definitely are as strong as we kind of ever have been, I guess,
1: you know. and um, Any advice you would give to someone thinking about coming out? Just do it
3: and honestly like it is the scariest thing at the moment but as that ca- as the campaign says it does get better you have to live your true self you have to live your authentic self because if it, you don't it does really truly eat you up inside until the point where you're either going to you know just bottle it up or you're going to come out and you're going to feel so much better like literally i when i came out i felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders i'm sure that's the same with everybody um and honestly whether it's good whether it's bad there are so many places that you can go now Um, there are so many role models that you can look to that there are places and there are people to help so um you know it's completely changed since we've come out, I'm sure, but do it because it'll be so much, mm-hmm. you'll be so much happier. You'll be so much freer. Like you feel free. Like that's one, the, those words, like you just feel like, Oh my gosh, like I can do and I can be anybody now.
1: I agree with you with, with the results. But I, part of me is always wondering, you know, is there somebody in a, in a situation that's maybe, maybe coming out is not a good idea.
3: Oh, and I think there is, but I think now in the age of the internet and in the age of like, you know, you have everything on this phone. You know, you you can research. You can say, okay if I don't, if something does happen and my family is going to kick me out, where can I go? Have a plan. Yeah, so that would be something. Have a plan. Have a plan B. Do your research. Have a bullet point list. (laughs) Um, Know where you can go. Have friends. You know, have people that are going to support you Um, because, yes, your family may not accept it, but there are places, there are avenues, there are organizations that can help you to be who you want to be.
2: And I would say if just for somebody coming out or struggling with the idea of whether coming out or not, I would rather have somebody judge me for my authentic self than judge me for somebody that I'm pretending to be mm-hmm. because I can defend that. I can't defend being fake that right. way and right. not being authentic to me. I would say that being authentically you is not always the easiest battle. But it's the greatest victory. Right. It's so it really, is, it is really, really. Everything that you go through at the end of the day to just be authentically you and think the way that you want to think and live the life for you that you want to live. There is no amount of money in the world that I think or a success in the world that I for myself that could take over that feeling of victory that I did it. I am mean, you know. Yeah, I do. I'm shaking my head. I'm like, no, this is a podcast.
1: (laughs) Say (laughs) something. I agree. Anything you would like to add about your
3: coming elsewhere? No. Nope. I just, um, yeah, I mean, I was very blessed to have the family and to be in the family that I am. And I thank God and I thank them every day that they accept who I am, that they are a part of this amazing journey, Um, whether it's with the Phoenix Pride thing or with whatever else I want to do in the future. Yeah.
1: so. So you also do performances? Do you, oh, is that just for Pride?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, because I've just been doing it. You know, I don't. I'm not part of a normal cast. You know, if people ask me to do things, I will.
1: But you do you promote, yeah.
3: Promote. Yeah. So yeah. So that you know. So we have the Pride Gala, but by the time this is yeah, a- done, it's going to be done. But yeah, <laughs> it was a fantastic
1: you know, time.
3: I- yeah, I'm sure it's going to be great. But yeah, I don't do. I don't do a regular show every week. So you know wherever you catch me, you catch me. Um, people have been asking me and I've, you know, I take the opportunity to be in as much as I can, okay. um, and as much as people want me to. But I, you know, I'm excited for, uh, you know, get our prelims on the way. I'm excited for um, Rainbows Festival and the Junior Pride pageant. I'm excited for the things that we have planned um, in the future as far as fundraisers to do things kind of outside the box, not just all inside of a bar. Um, that was kind of my um, initiative when they asked me an in interview what I wanted to do different. I want to engage different segments, not just people inside of a bar. Um, so events that aren't necessarily at 10:30 that they, you know, that people can come to. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so you know, I'm super excited to take this, and ultimately, I'm, you know, I think we're both really excited to raise this money for the scholarship fund um, and to give more people the opportunity to further their education and just to really kind of leave our mark on what. We feel our legacy is going to be with these roles because we really do have a lot of big shoes to fill coming from people prior um, than us in these roles. And they've done such great work and they've continued to be pillars of this community that we are going to be, you know, very lucky at the end of our reign to be part of this kind of organization going forward, too. So, um,
2: Aside of the show for him, he also promotes the America system. Right. So two prelims that are probably the best in the country. Okay. Um, so that kinda goes back to when he announced that he was doing this, you know I got really excited because he does an amazing job with these contestants year in and year out, and that sisterhood and that bond that they have um, to be able to bring it into and give it into the community in a different different form. He's, he may not always be on the stage, but a lot of the things, a lot of the success that you see from a lot of performers that come through in the valley, um, he's had his hands in a lot of that, and a lot of their success, you know, has been the help of him. So. Thanks, Eva. That was very nice. You're
1: it was very nice, and I'm hoping you'll drop a couple of names of who you had your hands inside. Uh,
3: uh, well, as, as promoter for Miss Gay America, um, the Miss Gay, Amer- uh, Miss Gay America system, I have had three Miss Gay Americas that have come um, from being part of my preliminary, so that's pretty cool. I had two back-to-back and one last sure year. Yeah, um, in 2007, Luscious. Um, she competed for Western States um, America. She was the winner and she went on to win Miss Gay America in 2007. The following year, our first alternate, Michaela Kay, who lived in Arizona for a while, became Miss Gay America. So two back-to-back. And then last year, Susie Wong was Miss Gay America as Miss Gay Western States. So, and the recent, the last few years, we've had a lot of the Arizona girls in top five at Miss Gay America. Savannah Stevens, Nemea McKenzie, um, Celia Putty was in top 10. Um, Barbara Seville. Barbara Seville, um, really think this year we have a good shot at having maybe one of our winners become Miss Gay America um so I'm really excited so as Eva said beyond the Phoenix Pride you know I you guys can catch me a lot of places (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but I mean I'm mostly excited to to do
1: this role and do it well okay is there a national like you guys won Phoenix Pride is there a national pride
2: there's not now. so you're at the top of your game right
1: here yeah
2: for this absolutely yes this is it
1: rainbows is right around the corner Mm. and do do we have a date for that
2: rainbows is october 20th and 21st at heritage square always a good time i love oh my god i love rainbows yeah the weather breaks and it's a little bit yeah yeah that's i think i'm most
3: excited for that because we i didn't really have and i don't think you did either but i don't think we both had a lot of time to plan for bride because it was really like we got crowned and bam like <laughs> oh you have to do this you have to do this and me being a new entertainer I'm like oh my god I have to come up with stuff that I'm gonna do you know do. and then you know all the numbers you have to do so now like I've already in my head kind of know what I want to do for rainbows so I have a little bit more time to prepare but I like that festival because it's a little bit more intimate and it's it a little is. more um, it's a yeah it's and it's I think it's I like it because it's in my opinion it's it's very fun and you get to hang out with a lot of your friends and it's cooler weather. More street
2: fair. Yeah, I like yeah. it. So yeah, I'm excited for We're that. They're gonna be crowning um they'll be crowning junior Prior royalty on um, community mm-hmm. stage this year at Rainbow Festival. So, awesome, yeah. And there's a guy that comes there every year that makes homemade soap and it's fabulous. It <laughs> smells so good. Oh, <laughs> I love. It. You can even get Botox at Rainbow. Oh, <laughs> <That was interesting. laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> well,
1: th- uh, thank you both for sharing your stories. Yeah. Uh, obviously, on this episode, it's yours, but um, I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you for asking us to do this. It's kind of fun. It's kind of cool to
3: relive your you know it's some, a what, bit like yeah. one of the scariest but one of the most liberating times of your life um and so yeah i mean it's cool that this is gonna kind of be there for, you know so when my niece is old enough she can listen to how her <sighs> uncle came out so all right thank you
1: thank you so much we'll do an outro and all that good stuff so that's good
0: Looney Larry, yeah, he scares me. Volkswagen North Scottsdale employees are worried about their new general manager, Larry. He called NASA to see if they could build an engine that runs on customer satisfaction. That's not normal. Until August 31st, 2018, get a new 2019 Jetta S automatic for a stupid 16595 Available only from VW North Scottsdale. Must finance with dealer to qualify and cannot be combined with any other offers. Voices. He hears voices. VW North Scottsdale, your dog-friendly dealership. Get a leash on life. Scottsdale Road and the 101 at VWNorthScottsdale.com.
1: You can find new and existing episodes wherever you get your podcasts or directly at theouthouse.buzzsprout.com. One more? Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Outhouse Podcast. We also have a closed Facebook group where you can talk about the show and share in community. Got a story you want to share? You can email us at theouthousepodcast at gmail.com. The Outhouse Podcast is a production of GMN Services, LLC. All content copyrighted.